Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, and the Knicks have a schedule. Yes, that's right. We know who they're playing now. What's going to be the toughest stretch? Will there be double Christmas? I don't know. It seems seems like maybe. And what's the deal with that whole in-season tournament? Is it dumb? Is it cool? I give my very curmudgeonly take next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here he comes right now. Starks without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes! Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks, and I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite, favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm Aaron Chief and Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at the Strick.land. And if you want to keep the conversation going with Gavin and I, uh, you can check us out on subtext. So make sure to check the episode description for details about that. You can talk to us just right from the text messaging app of your phone. And I think it's time to get into the Knicks schedule here. So the Knicks released, well, not the Knicks, the NBA released the Knicks schedule uh, and the Knicks then passed it along to the rest of us. Um <laughs> They did it in much less grandiose fashion than some of the other team social media sites, which I sort of appreciate. Uh, I kind of like just getting a a nice uh, screenshotted PDF sent out by the team's PR department, uh, more so than than a whole elaborate thing, like uh, rolling a bunch of bottles of food down a staircase. Um, So yeah, what's up with the Knicks schedule? Uh, the Knicks open the season against Boston on Wednesday, October 25th at the Garden. And uh, even though I think we can all collectively agree to just basically wipe our minds of the 2021-22 to 22 season, uh, that's a pretty cool uh, uh, redoing of the opening of that season, which was probably the most enjoyable point, the opening game. Uh, when the Knicks went to overtime against the Celtics and pulled out a narrow victory on national TV to open the season, pretty sick result there. So, and it, on top of that, the Knicks have played the Celtics really, really well in the Tibbs era. So, it's a really good opponent, but one that the Knicks have a very good chance of starting the season off strong against uh, because they just kind of have the Celtics number. I don't want to totally jinx it, but. Uh, they played them really well last year, too, and took most of the games from them in last year's season series. So I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I, I think that's a good opening game. Then we're looking at at Atlanta, at New Orleans, at Cleveland, then at home versus Cleveland. So for the next five are on the road. And then a pretty quick five-game road trip uh, early in the season as well from November 13th to November 20th. You got at Boston, at Atlanta, at Washington, at Charlotte, at Minnesota. So not exactly a ton of world beaters there. 
but still uh, pretty tough. You know, they've got uh, nine of their first 14 games on the road, and that's always tough. But I can also appreciate getting this sort of stuff out at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, you want to do that when you're when everybody's sort of working their way into game shape. It makes the the uh, results a little more volatile. I feel like, you know, early in the season, you see certain teams go on heaters, certain teams, you know, really underperform early in the season, end up playing better late in the season. See perhaps the Miami Heat uh, that do that pretty much every year. It feels like start off the season kind of meh and then figure it out by the end of the year and, and, you know, hit the playoffs, you know, like a bat out of hell. Uh, So I think those, uh, that's an interesting stretch to start the season, but not one that should be particularly worrisome. Uh, Although I got to say my overall thought, I'm obviously doing this show and breaking down the schedule, but my overall thought on micro analyzing the schedule is it's sort of pointless because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You know, it doesn't matter in what order everything gets uh, placed on the schedule, no matter what, you know, you're going to win the amount of games you're going to win. I don't, I don't think that schedule placement matters that much uh, towards that. You know, I, I think that ultimately if a team's good enough, they just end up winning the games. Uh, so a little interesting interesting note that I saw on here. Uh, early in the season, a nice little double grudge match, a back-to-back, the Knicks, first, or Knicks second back-to-back of the season. They have their, uh, their second and third games are back-to-back at Atlanta, at New Orleans on the 27th and the 28th of October. But then October 31st, Halloween, and November 1st, they are playing a back-to-back again against Cleveland in Cleveland and then at home versus Cleveland. So a little home and home action on a back-to-back, just kind of, kind of bizarre. I feel like uh, those home and homes aren't normally back-to-back unless I'm mistaken. I think maybe did the Knicks have one of those last year. I think, I guess maybe they did have one of those last year. I think it was against Charlotte or something where they had to play them play them at home and then immediately take them on the road or, or vice versa. So I guess maybe it just stands out because it's Cleveland uh, that it, it feels very intentional to have that there so early in the season and give us two showdowns between the two teams. So uh, that'll be interesting. The Knicks have 13 total back-to-backs in this season as well. I did not check to see if that was more or less than last year, but my inclination would be more because there's this nice little little gap you see on the schedule from December 1st to December 11th, which is the uh, in-season tournament time, uh, which there will be two other regular season games there. I'll I'll get to that. I'm saving that for the end. If you want the real good stuff, you got to listen all the way to the end of the episode for my thoughts on the in-season tournament, because uh, it's probably just me being me being a total boomer about it, but I'm not a, I'm not super fond of the whole idea. I think it seems a little pointless if I'm being completely honest. Uh, But you know what? Before I get into some more schedule notes, let's talk real quick about FanDuel Sportsbook and the NFL season, football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season, you just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You know, I talk about the Jets a lot because I'm a Jets fan, but maybe you're a Giants fan. Maybe you're a big believer 
or maybe you don't even necessarily think that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but you're like, well, if I put down like five bucks now, I think they're going to win 11 games in the regular season. And then I'm going to get bonus bets all year. Yeah, that's right, dude. You could get bonus bets all year that way. So, you know, regardless of if you think the Giants or the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, you could place a bet right now. And then you at least get rewarded every time they win a game in the regular season. That's pretty cool. And you can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And perhaps even a same-game parlay, which is one of my favorite wagers to make. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, and I'm back in continuing to get through this next schedule. And uh, yeah, I figured I'd I figured I'd highlight a few different uh, a few different little sequences that I think might be a little tough. Or um, you know, there's one weird quirk here where the Knicks get to celebrate Christmas twice. Uh, so first, let's talk about the toughest part of the schedule, at least to me. Uh, when I was looking through, I felt like the closing stretch of the season is actually the hardest, uh, starting on April second. So all the games that are in April, so April 2nd through April 14th, the Knicks play at Miami versus Sacramento, at Chicago, at Milwaukee, at Chicago again, at Boston uh, versus Brooklyn at home, and then versus Chicago at home. So I thought this was kind of an interesting stretch. So you've got Miami, Sacramento, Milwaukee, Boston, Brooklyn, all playoff teams from last year. Uh whatever you think about Brooklyn, if they're going to be a playoff team this year, regardless, they were one last year uh, and they have apparently the the next big superstar in, in Mikhail Bridges. So, you know, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but then Chicago three times and no matter where Chicago is in the standings at that point, they and the Knicks just always, it's always just such a, a knockdown drag out game. Every time they play, it does not matter the season, does not matter the year, it does not matter the roster, it does not matter what the team's records are at that given time. It just feels like those two teams always come out ready to rip each other's heads off. Uh, and so the Knicks are going to have to face them three times to close the season and twice on the road. So I, I think it's a pretty tough stretch. Um, you know, five of your last eight games on the road. Uh, there's two back-to-backs in there as well. So Sacramento, uh, so versus Sacramento at home and then at Chicago, that's a back-to-back. And then at Boston and then versus Brooklyn at home, that is a back-to-back as well. Uh, and the Boston one is a national TV game, that first game. So that's pretty tough too. Uh, you know, you got got a couple back-to-backs to end the season. Hopefully legs aren't too dead by then. Hopefully the Knicks are just locked in whatever playoff seating they're going to reach by that point. But if there's you know that this is Tibbs, and if there's a chance that the Knicks can move from, I don't know, let's say they're the five seed and there's like an outside chance they can move up to the four seed or something like that, or, you know, four seed, three seed, you know, whatever the case may be, you could bet that Tibbs is going to go after that. Uh, especially if it would be like a four seed to three seed sort of scenario, that's that would that definitely has potential for the Knicks, like really giving it their all for the whole rest of the, the uh, regular season because. Tibbs would want that two, three matchup rather than having to go up against the one seed in the second round, potentially, uh, I guess, depending on who the one seed ends up being. Once again, the league is just very wide open 
again this year. So I don't know who's going to end up in what seed. Uh, I mean, obviously, we saw last year an eight seed make it all the way to the finals out of the East. So parity is a real thing. Uh, there's going to be going to be upsets again. I think there's going to be teams that underperform the regular season that then go crazy for the playoffs and vice versa. I think there's going to be some teams that do really well in the regular season then don't do well in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm making very, very obvious uh, predictions there, but whatever. Um, all right. So what about the worst back-to-back that the Knicks play? Uh, so like I said, they play 13 for my money. I think at Phoenix and at the Clippers on December 15th and December 16th uh, could potentially be annoying. We'll just call it that. Um, you know, I just think those are two playoff teams. Those are two teams that presumably will be, uh, you know, still especially at that point before L.A. inevitably deals with their string of crippling injuries at some point. Uh, they'll both really be, you know, in high gear at that point, trying to establish an early season, you know, place in the standings. Uh, Phoenix obviously looks pretty dangerous, at least on paper in the starting lineup for sure. Uh, the Clippers, who knows if they'll have Harden by that point uh, or if it'll still just be their same roster. But either way, I mean, Ty Lue just always gets the best out of those guys. Uh, they also have Utah two days before Phoenix there and the Lakers two days after the Clippers, which is smart. That I, that I like. That's a good scheduling quirk that they get to just stay in L.A. for those two games. But um, either way, a, a pretty rough little little road trip there, including also coming – back home to play uh, Brooklyn on December 20th, uh, which is, I don't know. I, I mean, that's like a road game in name only. I, you know, they, they only have to go over to Brooklyn and they always get a pretty good fan turnout there. So that's cool. And then uh, I guess last thing from this, this uh, uh, my observation of the schedule here, uh, there's a weird quirk. I found this one to be really bizarre. Uh, the Knicks are playing, Milwaukee on Christmas, as you might have heard, at noon. Cool. You know, next most Christmas games of all time, which apparently angers a lot of people. Um, and that makes me happy. Uh, but then they're playing Milwaukee in a Christmas preview at Christmas. At the same time, it's going to be on the Christmas game on Saturday, December 23rd. They're playing Milwaukee at home again. At 1230. So they're going to be playing Milwaukee twice in the span of three days, both at home and both noon starts. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. I can't remember that ever happening before. Uh, it's also, I mean, what a, <laughs> what a Christmas gift it would be if the, the Knicks just end up getting walloped by Milwaukee twice in a row, uh, both times at home and both at noon games. That would be like the biggest lump of coal ever. So, I don't know. Uh, I just thought that was kind of an interesting little two-game stretch there. Uh, so next, uh, in in the next segment here, I'm going to break down the in-season tournament. Uh, some of you guys might have heard about it. Uh, very few people know what it is, <laughs> I feel like, because it's just, I don't know. I only took the time today to figure out what the in-season tournament was because... I, I don't know, whatever. But I'll get into it in just a second and uh, give my probably curmudgeonly take on it. All right, I'm back in 
continuing breaking down the Knicks schedule here. And now we've reached the point of talking about the NBA in-season tournament. So you might have seen about this this tournament um, and been like, what the heck is that? What's going on here? And so the, the Knicks are in a group uh, called East B. There is East A, B, and C, and West A, B, and C, each of them consisting of five teams, which is the the pool for, for pool play in this uh, thing. If you're not sure what pool play is, it's, you know, they do this in like, um, uh, like, the World Cup is probably the the most common thing, you know, the soccer World Cup. Uh, also in the FIBA World Cup, I think, too, while we're on the topic. Uh, so that it happens at, in basketball, too, sometimes on the international level where you play in a pool to start with uh, against those teams. And then they, they, you know, weigh your record in that pool of teams to see who advances into the next round. Uh, and then that hits the, like, eliminator stage of uh of these tournaments uh so that's sort of how the nba's one is going to work uh so actually four regular season games currently uh are part of the in-season tournament uh the knicks group group b east b is milwaukee the knicks miami washington and the hornets uh these were apparently tabulated using last year's standings but kind of a cruel joke to include Miami in the next group too, considering uh, considering that Miami vastly outperformed uh, what their standing was last year when other groups get the Hawks and the Raptors as their number three team. So the Knicks definitely, I think pulled the toughest group out of any of these, at least, at least in my opinion, just based off the inclusion of the heat as the, as a quote unquote, like three seed or whatever. Um, but so that there's going to be four games in the regular season that count towards the Knicks in-season tournament. Uh, so it'll be November 3rd versus Milwaukee, November 17th versus Washington, November 24th versus Miami, and November 28th versus Charlotte. I only wrote versus, but I think at least one of those is a road game. Um Maybe not. Uh, I, I don't know. Whatever. It's not important. Uh, so these count towards the Knicks standings in pool play or group play, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and basically whoever has the best record out of that, or is it the top two? That part I didn't get as far as to see. I'll just let that be explained to me as the season goes on. But, but how you play in those will determine where you end up in the in-season tournament, which uh, the NBA is going to play in the team's home markets at first and then have the finals, I think the semifinals and the finals uh, in Vegas for a couple game stretch. So that's that blank space from December 1st to December 11th. It almost looks like another all-star break, but that's the in-season tournament break where they're going to play their other two games uh, at home or potentially on the road, you know, depending on what they have to do for the um, for the, the first rounds of the in-season tournament there. And then the last two rounds will be played in Vegas and broadcast from there. Um, I don't know. I, I find this whole thing to be a little silly, if I'm being completely honest. I understand uh, the New York Liberty just won the uh, was it Commissioner's Cup there in the WNBA, which is, is a thing that they do in the middle of the season, similar, very similar to what you know the NBA is doing here. And I guess people like it. 
I just look at this and I'm like, does the NBA really need that much more attention or whatever? Like, I think that's the whole point is to put more eyeballs on the league and create this little extra incentive um, for people to tune in and, and look at the, look at the NBA, I guess. I don't know. I think the NBA is kind of booming. They're about to have a, a giant uh, TV deal come up and all this other stuff. So uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll see how it gets received, but I don't know. All in all, I, I find the in-season tournament to be a little silly. Um, you know, not just because you don't know who you're playing for two of your regular season games, but whoever ends up making it to the finals, those two teams are going to, end up playing one more regular season game than everybody. It's bizarre that the NBA worked this system out where uh, somehow they can make it so that everybody everybody else plays the exact same amount of regular season games because effectively uh, they're going to just have some consolation games and whatever that are going to happen while the in-season tournament is going on. But once you, so like the teams that don't advance out of pool play, they'll just get randomly assigned new games or whatever. But like you're going to have it where the two teams that make it to the final end up having to play one more game, put one more game of mileage on their legs during the regular season. And the prize money effectively works out to like another game check. Like it's not, (laughs) it doesn't seem like that great of a thing to me, but again, maybe I'm just being change averse. Maybe I'm just being, uh, uh, old and curmudgeonly. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess we'll see, but either way, I think that's it. I don't have too much more to say on the schedule. Like I said, uh, I'm sort of I, I appreciate uh, the the want for schedule breakdown shows, and yet I ultimately understand that, that <laughs> what I think about the schedule means very little in the grand scheme of if the Knicks are going to win games and whatever uh, on it. So it it's certainly a schedule. That's my final note. <laughs> Uh, the Knicks will certainly be playing some basketball this year. Now we just kind of play the the patient waiting game for the next two months while we wait for them to take the court again as the Knicks. Uh, of course, you can you can check them out in FIBA play right now, uh, at least the number of the Knicks uh, in that scenario. And R.J. Barrett is crushing it. Probably will be a show that uh, we talk about that next week. So anyway, thank you all for listening today. And uh, get ready for double Christmas. Let's go, Knicks. Peace out, everybody.